Hi there, my name's Adam Parr. I'm the podcast host, the Parr City Podcast. In this podcast, you'll be listening to me connect with people from different walks of life, from the military to people in the music industry to people in the self-help industry and many other areas of life. In this podcast, I'll be talking about topics from self-help, mental health, motivation, spirituality, mindset, society, current affairs, and much, much more. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe, share, and let me know your feedback. My main intention on this podcast is to have a positive impact. For you, the the listener, to take something positive from it, to apply something positive into your life from this. Now, with without further ado, let's get into this podcast and enjoy. Hi, welcome to the Pastors Podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by my good friend, Leia Morley. In this podcast, we talk about motivation, mindset, mental health, growing up, and much more. Now, super relax and enjoy this episode. Tuning in, trying to find out how to win. Go along and tell a friend. Marathon, you know the game. Keep on running, never end. Getting better, make a man. Adam got it, Adam got it, Adam got it, Adam got it. Positivity, 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 Tune in. Right, Leo, it's um, it's great to have you on the podcast today. How are you doing? Very good. Thanks for having me. No, no, you're welcome. You're welcome. And uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting because we we originally met in New York, didn't we? I was in I was with my friend, and usually your friends, and we ended up like just just chatting in the in the hall in um, Statue of Liberty, Statue of Liberty, or something like that. Yeah, it was the there was like a restaurant. There's a restaurant at the base, kind of afterwards where you're walking yeah. around. And- they have, I don't know what it is about the way that it's set up in there, but they have like these tables where you have to stand around and there's just these giant benches. <laughs> I yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. There was like, there was, there was like nowhere to sit. And I remember we, there was like a table that was kind of built into the wall, but there was no seats. And there was like a couple of seats and it was like, oh, that's the only space yeah. we'd go. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's, it's an, it's an amazing place, but like a very strange place at the same time. Definitely poor seating arrangements. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> that's a suggestion box. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So send an email. Yeah, really. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I, I just thought kind of like go into like you know kind of what you do and kind of how you got into it because like when we touched base that time, um, recently you you mentioned like you you help uh, like teenagers and things like that, you know, who have like kind of behavior things going on yeah so i work with uh trauma troubled trauma youth um i guess trouble slash trauma sometimes trouble trauma i don't know mm. just, um a lot of times it's both um a lot of the so technically speaking our company has a whole, an umbrella 
company where we try to split off into certain groups. So sometimes we have kids in our area that like, for instance, we have some boys in our area that struggle with like some sexual issues. And so they need to be kind of sent and removed from our community just so that they can work through what they're going through. Um, mm. which is a different section of where we work, which is originally where I started. Mm. Um, and then I moved over to our um, crisis shelter slash group home where we help uh, troubled and trauma kids kind of ages 11 through 17 sort of work through familial problems um, as well as just like I think individual issues um, mm. and all those issues kind of there's a broad range spectrum is from you know kids that struggle with depression and don't know they have depression to kids mm. that have parents that have literally abused them so yeah there's like different different ends of the spectrum with you know like working with different people different um areas and i think i think it's really rewarding and really nice that you know you have that set up in place for people who are going through those things in life you know to support them and help them and kind of you know mentor and like kind of rehabilitate in some way would you say yeah yeah i think it's um our area is super unique um, in that we recognized early on as a community that we were really small <laughs> so anything that happened in our community was going to deeply impact the people around them and because these kids are you know basically the next generation that's going to grow up get married and have their own kids or not get married but just have their own kids and they they're going to be the ones that are teaching their kids if we don't sort of come around them and help them in areas where they need help they're just going to flounder and it's just going to get worse so to keep our community safe really and in a healthy mindset it's super mm. super necessary and especially our areas super what is it we're like one of the number one places in the united states for I think suicide rates between ages 11 and 17. So really, really high. Gosh. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely vital that there is something in place, you know, like what you're doing um, and the people that you work with to facilitate that, just, you know, prevent that from happening, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And I, it, it's, it's super rewarding when you're able to help a kid realize, I, I think half the time too, is because you're in such a small community any anything at all can set a kid off and if those kids can't find an outlet in somebody that actually cares about them enough to have a conversation with them you know they'll f essentially fall through the cracks and that's probably why I mean also because our winters are just so long <laughs> we have seven months of winter and it just never stops yeah that's that's insane that's pretty that's pretty tough <laughs> because especially because especially in the states, you know, like the winters there are pretty, pretty uh, mental. Like I remember, like in New York in January when I met you, like it was ridiculous how cold it was. Like coming from England, like we we get it, it's pretty cold here. But I mean, like there it was like minus seventeen or something like that some days, and yeah, yeah. And it is funny you say that though because I came from it being so cold that I, when I came to New York, I was like, wow, it's warm here. <laughs> so it's different. Wow. Uh, yeah. That's insane. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? And it's like when it's cold though, I suppose, um, especially now with COVID probably as well, you know, where, where are these kids going to go? You know, like, 
do you do you think does that you've you've noticed that those challenges as well like <laughs> yeah um our 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 numbers are pretty steady each year where we'll kind of see an influx of kids struggling at the beginning of the school year um it took a little bit longer this year since our kids are at home hmm. um but it happened sort of overnight. We went from having two kids to having nine in the span of like three days. Um, and our capacity is 10. Mm. So the fact that we pretty much filled up within three or four days was pretty shocking. And we've, you know, cycled through. We have a pretty steady group of like eight or nine at a time now. Um, mm. So you and I, I've recognized too that I think there's a lot more parents that are recognizing something wrong because mm. they're home now. So you have kids that maybe that would have sort of slipped by us, you know, kids that all just go out and get high all the time and they don't yeah. know how to, you know, function with other people around that their mm. parents are seeing it now and they're going, ah, fix my kid. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. That's it. I mean, it's a difficult age, isn't it? Especially as a teenager, because you're going through a lot of changes, you're finding yourself, you're trying to, you know, work out, what it is that you probably want to do in the you know in life mm -hmm. um social groups you know identity and especially you know if you're going through something like some of the things you mentioned you know it's difficult yeah. and it's you know but I, be, I bet it's pretty rewarding when you see people you know grow and change and like develop you know from from coming to your like um what to call it center mm -hmm. yeah they and, and this is the interesting part is some of the kids that we do have are only with us for 30 days. So we have 30 days to try to help however we can. Um, most of the time we can't make massive changes. And one of our biggest sort of ideologies that we sort of put into the kids is they, they're in charge of their decisions. We're not in charge of that. We can tell them, you know, don't do these things, don't do those things, but they're not gonna learn if, if we're hovering over them sort of like a helicopter parent or the, like a cop and basically just being like, no, you can't do this. And it, all it's gonna do is teach them to be better liars. So the idea is we try to let them make those mistakes in a safe environment where they can, you know, sneak a vape in or a jewel in or whatever. And we catch them because, you know, they're not nearly as sneaky as they think they are. You know, and we catch them and they stare at us like, oh my gosh, what's gonna happen next? And, you know, there's a moment of just looking at them like, what do you want to happen next? You get to decide, you know, and helping them recognize that they are in control of what happens next is huge. And so just even being able to plant the seed in their mind of, you know, when they leave and go home, that, you know, in a moment of just like fury or rage or upset or whatever, they can think back and go, oh my gosh, she's right. Like I am in control of that. And they hear it, you know, a million and a half times from all of us collectively. So if it doesn't stick, <laughs> it's, you know, it's shocking. But that's what we, we, we try to at least plant a seed, you know, mm. make, make a difference what we can. Yeah, that's it. And I think that's slightly important thing that you mentioned, you know, trying to get the people, you know, the teenage, <clears throat> excuse me, the kids to realize that, you know, they, they are in control of their lives and it is down to them. And it ultimately kind of builds that independence probably in them as a person that you know that it's up to them, up to them what decisions decisions they make yeah it's a it's a balancing act um some of the kids come in um 
recognizing that they're not with us because of anything quote unquote they did um some of the kids that we've had have had parents in prison and so they're with us quite literally because of nothing they did um Mm -hmm. they have their own sets of issues and they have things like that but they weren't brought to us because of something they did Mm -hmm. so for them to hear that they're in control of those things is huge because very, very more often than not they'll fall into a victim mindset of you know oh i'm the product of whatever happens around me and it's just the way life goes you know mm-hmm. being able to say to them like no no you you get to choose you know you might you might not be the one that's signing the paperwork or choosing literally what you're doing but on a day-to-day basis you get to pick <laughs> you know wh- how you respond to all of this you get to choose what you want and you can if you can communicate it more than likely the people that are there to help you are going to try to mm. meet those needs yeah no that's it and it's like those you know just shows you how important it is for them to have you know like a good role model or people around them because like i said if these people are around certain kinds of people who are dabbling in certain things they might get hooked into those crowds or those groups because like you know the kind of people you surround yourself with you kind of become like them and you know i I definitely noticed that when i was in school you know you're around certain people you get hooked into those groups and you're doing before you know it you're doing stuff that they're doing and you're people pleasing and 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 everything else so i mean it's it's good that you have what you're you know what you're doing in place for them to go to because it gets them away from that plus you know they're around people who are there to help them and mentor them and you know like you can be their role models as well mm-hmm. and we we try to at least model behavior that is sustainable for them long term um we try to show them that we're also just people you know that we're not you know because there there's like I said, it's a balancing act. It really, really is. And it really just depends on each kid. But some of them will look at us like, you know, we're a parent figure, which we're mm. not, you know, we're mm. not, we're not that kind of a institution. That's not what we yeah. you know, so they'll look at us that way. And so, you know, we'll drop a swear word and they stare at us like we've just, you know, like a chicken's coming out of our mouth. We're so confused, you know. So we try we try to show that the relationship that we're building is is sustainable long term and that it's possible to do that same that that create that same interaction and create that same relationship with somebody their age that mm. these everybody's just a person and mm. we sort of break it all down for them that way. I think that's really important you mentioned as well like you know to treat them just like a person because I think a lot of people definitely in society sometimes stereotype with certain people you know young people or students or whatever you know teenagers you know like especially people can sometimes put certain stigmas on people and i think it's nice that you know you're you're just treating them like people and i think that's the kind of the best way to be isn't it you know you're looking at them you're looking at the people in a non-judgmental way you know for who they are and not and they're not going to feel judged and all of those things and they can just kind of work on themselves probably in that space yeah and that's our that's our biggest purpose and kind of like the biggest thing that we try to do is to create an environment where they do feel comfortable enough to make mistakes because mm-hmm. you don't learn anything no no experience is real experience unless you've done it yourself um mm-hmm. so for them to make that mistake and to you know 
do the stupid thing. You know, like we had a kid sneak in a phone, you know, the, the natural and logical consequence, which we're, we're big on natural and logical consequences, but it was like the whole thing fell into place perfectly. Another kid stole the phone and mm-hmm. it turned into, you know, I just want my phone back and I don't understand. And, you know, and it turned into, well, you know, you brought the phone in in the first place. So maybe don't bring the phone in. Yeah. Natural and logical consequence. I'm not going to fight this kid to get it back for you. Like, yeah. I know you want me to. I know that that's something you want me to do, but I can't do that. Mm. You know, and, and letting them sit with that and recognize that their their actions hold weight. Yeah. Anything you do holds weight. That's it. And that, that's, you know, in general life, isn't it? Like, you know, you're responsible for showing up and you're responsible for what you do and what you do has, has a natural effect doesn't it you know on other people and yourself and and i think they're they're very like strong lessons to learn especially you know early on as a teenager in life you know i kind of learned i'm sure you did as well like when you go into your first job or you make mistakes or you're late or whatever you kind of realize oh you know it is up to me you know it's not up to my my parents anymore to get me here on time it's you know it's up to me right and, and there's, there's all kinds of things. I mean, and, and like I said, because it's such a broad range of kids that we yeah. know, they all struggle with all kinds of different things. You know, some kids are truant, like really truant. Like we had a kid recently that was like, had been to school one day all mm-hmm. year, like this, like thus far. And so it was just extreme truancy where you, you kind of sit there and you try to walk them through, well, why are you avoiding school? Mm. but our big thing too is to not try harder than they are like i can't try any harder than you are if you want to meet me there and you want to use me as a resource i can be there for you Mm. but i can't try more than you are you know Mm. and there a lot of times they'll they'll take you know, they'll take the things that have happened to them and make excuses. Um, you know, oh, I have these horrible things. And so I can't do X because of whatever, you know, and trying to walk them through, you know, you're, you weren't responsible for the things that happened, but you are responsible with what happens next. You know, you're mm-hmm. responsible for, you know, moving forward. You know, mm-hmm. that's, I, I can't sustainably, you can't live the rest of your life that way because nobody's going to put food on the table for you but yeah yeah that's really vital and i think like especially if you know if you're in that victim mindset then things are never going to kind of work your way you can't point the finger at the universe things don't work in because i think sometimes people do that and then you know you're you're you know you're you are kind of like your own universe in some way you know you've got to put in that work if you wanted to work out you can't point the finger and say oh that is i'm not okay because this isn't working out and xyz and and i think you know we can all sometimes go there or have been there probably but it's like enabling those people to you know to realize that you know this is what it is and i suppose like if you ever kind of i suppose as well like it's that give and take they if they've got to want to put the work in they they have to kind of kind of show up at the table if that makes sense if you know they've got to put in the work to change or to work on things right i i've had that discussion so many times within the last just week with you know the kids that we've got where i i i try to say to them you know they'll they'll ask me a question that i can't answer you know they'll say like oh well how am i supposed to change this and i have to look at them and go i physically 
cannot answer that question because the only person that can is you. You know, I, mm. I know that you want me to be able to give you all the answers because that's, that's the easy way, you know, the easy way. And really the, the way that we all want is to just get the, I mean, that's why we Google everything so quickly, you know, <laughs> how quick can I get the answer, you know? Mm. So they, they want, they want us to tell them what to do so that they can figure it out, but that's not what we're here to do. And really, mm. we, it, it's not just that we don't, you know, we don't do that because of our program. It's that we physically can't, you know, if yeah. a kid asks how am I supposed to be this chill at home when my parents are psychopaths, you know, and they, they hover over me and all they do is, you know, criticize me. And, and I have to sit there and go, well, you know, that experience better than I do. Right. I've never lived with your parents. I don't know anything about them. So what can you do, you know, in that situation? All I can do is give you the right questions to ask yourself, but I can't give you those answers. And it's not their favorite thing to hear, but it is, it is, I think, honestly, the most rewarding part of it is just seeing in their eyes that they recognize what you're saying, that they recognize that you're right, but maybe they're not ready yet to kind of get to that point where they can think about that. And sometimes I'll call them out on it. You know, I don't, you don't seem like you're ready to have this conversation yet. And more often than not, they'll say to me, I'm not, you're right, I'm totally not. Mm. You know? But it's, you know, it's up to them. Yeah, that's it. And I think it's, it's like must be rewarding when you see people grow, you know, as a person and they shift and they they change and that that process of when you you know when you first met them and you know to the end point or even if you see them come back and then you see them change and things like that as well. Yeah, we we have our long term kids, so we do have some long term kids as well. So the ones that stay for longer periods of time, you know, you get to know them more and you see them, you know every week during your shifts and so you get to know them a little bit better and you know we we've had one for a couple of months and i i you know she she completely like it, it it was a moment where she blew me away where she had done something that she would have been completely incapable of doing in the beginning mm -hmm. when she had first gotten to us it was like she she was incapable of having certain like certain conversations with her parents yeah and yeah she made a phone call that phone call and it was like her having this conversation with the parent that i just yeah like, who are you what did you do with the kid yeah like, yeah and i i you know and one of my favorite parts of the job is being able to say to them that was killer like you mm. rushed that like mm. i want you to know that that is not something that you could have done when you first got here and i think you know that but you know giving them the validation they, they they're smart kids they know you know, they know that they're making those changes and they know that they need to make those changes. But being there to just say to them, like, I, I saw that. And that mm. was amazing. You know, it's, it's mm. huge for them. They're just like, you did? You thought that was awesome? It's like, yeah, of course I did. You know, you're killing it out there, you know? Yeah. Just simple things too is just like mind blowing. So that's, I mean, making huge changes is what we always do. You know, we want to, who doesn't want to get a kid that's like, you know, suicidal and depressed, they walks out of there, like, you know, shitting rainbows and glowing, you know, that's what we want, you know, but mm. getting to that, po that point, it's just not realistic in the time frame that we're given. So all we can do is the best that we can in that, in that time frame. And of course it helps, you know, when the kids are like, yeah, we want to get involved, but regardless, we try to do whatever we can to just get them 
to that point where they can just, even to just the crossroads, even just walking on the path, anything, you know, just anything is better, you know, forward is forward. So even mm. if it's slow, still forward. That's it. That's it. And I mean, it's those small steps, isn't it? Then that then add up all together over time. And sometimes, you know, it takes time and, and you can't expect like massive results straight away, can you? And it's that, it's that build in progress and probably then being patient as well. And, you know, not getting frustrated with themselves and, you know, just going with it. Uh, like, like you must have, you know, met lots of different people, different backgrounds and things like that. Like, you know, as young people, have you noticed, I mean, like, you know, like the mental health side of things is like massive and especially now, you know, because of COVID, I think it's definitely more highlighted in the media. Like, uh, you know, what is it that you think like kind of, you know, young teenagers, you know, need, you know, like as a person, you know, growing up, do you think it's like, you know, role models and guidance and um, someone to just kind of get them, if that makes sense? Because I think like a lot of people, I mean, who are teenagers who might, be in a bit of a certain place they need that kind of guidance and something to strive towards don't they or someone to give them that reassurance do you think i i mean that's such a hard question to answer just because I mean, it's all different yeah yeah but i think overall um, a lot of these kids are just at least the ones that i run into are just so sad mm. you know there's a lot of just like and I see it more and more as, you know, we get younger ones, like as I get older and they get younger, you know, but <laughs> yeah. it's one, I, I just see them and it's, they're so aware of everything going on around them. Like when I was 12, I was not aware of the news. I was not aware of anything political. I had no clue. You know, you could, if you asked me who the president was, I could probably tell you, but that's like about it. You know, I was kind of like a bill. There's a, I don't, can I go play with that rock? Like I was, <laughs> you know, and so the kids that we have now are like so hyper involved, which is great in, you know, in one aspect, but it's terrible in another because they're, they feel this weight. You know, they feel this weight of like, oh, we're the future generation. We have to make these changes. We have to do these things. You know, we, one of the 13 year olds we had was, talking about her political involvement and how she needed to be, you know, invested in this. And I was like, you're not even anywhere near old enough to vote. You know, like, why are you thinking about that? But they are. And so there's a, there's a tremendous amount of weight on them and they stop being kids so much younger now. And our favorite thing as a staff collectively, I can hundred percent say is to just let them be kids. They have they do the dumbest things and it's like our favorite part you know we had a bunch of like older teenage boys that were just so like too cool for anything and we were like we're going sledding and I we don't care you're coming with us and they had the best time I mean to the point that they were like rolling down the hill in this like just behaving like they were like 14 year olds and it was so crazy it was like the first time they had done that in so long that they just came home and they were like giddy. 
you know, they like didn't know what to do with themselves. They were like making stupid jokes. They were being like, you know, what, what people would assume like super immature, you know, or whatever, but it really wasn't. It was just them being their age, you know? So I feel like there's so much pressure on them now, which is, it's a catch 22. It's a good thing that they're aware of that, but it's a bad thing that they feel the pressure to make the changes that's too much so really I mean as a society I feel like what they really need is to feel like they have not only the right but the ability to continue to behave their age you know to to play with Barbies to you know to play a computer game and not worry where your next meal is coming from you know not have that on your mind so that that to me is really a huge and necessary change Mm. the age is just getting younger you know they're they're getting too they're they're too aware yeah yeah that's 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 it and i think i that's something that i've picked up on i think in in some kids and yeah i i i've always kind of been a very aware but um you know as a person but i think as if i could if i was pretty i can't put it to words if i was growing up now you know, like as a teenager, it, there's a lot of overwhelm because like there's a lot more things on the internet now. Like when I was growing up, we had the internet, but it was like, you know, dial up and you went on YouTube, <laughs> you went on YouTube and there was like online games you could play. That was it. Right. There wasn't right. like Snapchat and and all of these, you know, device, you know, there's just like Bluetooth mobile phone, internet, YouTube, that was pretty much it. And MSN Messenger, that was pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> And, um, yeah. And, and then early days of Facebook, but, uh, I think like you said, there's, there's a lot of kids out there who they're, they're an adult very early on now and that inner child does, doesn't say it's to disappear, but it, it goes away a little bit and they're more adult. And like you said, kids still need to be kids and, you know, it's even important for adults you know, to have that inner child where they can do something, you know, be, to be able to access that place, you know, because we all have it, don't we? We, we can all mess around and, and play around and stuff. <laughs> um, but I think that's really important what you mentioned, uh, you know, that we look at that and it's addressed a lot more. Because I think, like you said, kids who are like 13, 12, 13, they, they know what's going on in the world. They feel they feel it's on, they're under pressure. And like you said, it's that catch-22. It is good in some sense, but then the other side, a lot of people I've spoken to feel under pressure to figure out, you know, what they, that they need to have their shit figured out, that they need to know what job they're going to be doing in life and this yes. kind of stuff. I think that's, you know, a lot of overwhelm, especially, right. I mean, social media is great, but there's a side to it where people are looking at it and they're seeing what people are doing and what they have and they feel like that. They need to be doing that to have that do you think oh yeah they the amount of kids that come in and say you know i want to be youtube famous i'm gonna be a tiktok star (laughs) i'm gonna and and it's crazy to me because that it is totally possible for them to make money doing those things but they're so and that's that's the hard part is that they're so focused on it that they're so aware that they need to make the money and they're you know 14 years old you know so it's not it's not a bad thing for them to be aware. I think that's not an issue at all. I mean, it's better than being completely unaware. You know, I think my my generation, I'm I'm a millennial. So I was, you know, 
born in yeah, the same. Early, early 90s. So I, you know, I, I did not have any concept of awareness of anything, you know, we, no clue, you know, so for me, you know, to see them and see them being so aware, it's something I could totally applaud and something that I could totally sit there and go, absolutely. It's something we could all learn from, but I feel like as, you know, and I hate to say it this way, but I feel like as the adult in this situation, you know, not that I'm like, you know, the best adult in the world, but like as an adult, I feel like we, we need to look at that situation and say like, absolutely, you totally have the right to know what's going on, but you should not feel the responsibility to make those changes. And if you want to make those changes, if you want to do those things, if you want to be part of that, awesome. But that should be something that's an option, not something that feels like a requirement. And it's, you know, and I just keep coming back to the idea, like we need to do better. Not, not just for everybody around us, not just for, you know, the planet as a whole, not just for the country or for, you know, whatever, it doesn't matter. We just, just for the people under us that we are supposed to be looking out for them, you know, and I see them, you know, I don't feel I'm like old enough to be their mom at this point, but like, I feel like sometimes where I'll look at them, like they're like little siblings, you know, where I'm like, that's just not fair. Like if I had some, you know, a sibling younger than me and I look at that, I'd be like, no. You should not be worrying about, you know, what, if you're going to even have food for tonight, you should be worrying about who's going to date who on that stupid TV show that you're obsessed with. That's what you should be worrying about. You know, it's, it's the level of concern that they have. It's, it's almost like it's not, mm. it's, mm. it's, it's like, it's a responsibility for them. It's a requirement, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's, I think they're really good points, and I, I think I've seen that a lot more as well. Especially, you know, with younger generation, they feel like it's their responsibility to put the world to rights. You know, to change. I think you know, with global, you know, people like look at global warming and things, and you see all these groups, of young kids who are, you know, uh, creating these groups and things like that. Yeah. And there is this, you know, they feel like they're responsible to, you know, to to do something. And it's a lot of pressure and it's like, you know, you don't have to, you know, like, and I think like you said with the, with the young people trying to figure out, you know, what to do and to be like a YouTube star or like TikTok, which can happen, which can happen. But, <laughs> totally. but, but I think, I, I think in some sense that that can be, it's a double-edged sword because that's a lot of, if you, if that did blow up with somebody, it's a lot of, um, what's the right word? It's a lot of attention on them, and you know you don't really know who they are yet, and it can be quite damaging in some in some sense. And okay, you might get a lot of money doing that, but you know what is there's got to be that why behind it. You know why are you doing that? Like a deeper meaning for it, not not just for the money. Right. I I I think for especially for those kids at that age. You know, you you look at the kids like I grew up watching Disney Channel because that's what what I did, you know, and I I was in a unique position um, when Hannah Montana, so Miley Cyrus, when she became famous with Hannah Montana, I, I believe Miley Cyrus is quite literally nine days older than me. So like, yeah. we or think she's younger than me or something. So we were literally the same age. And when I recognized that, I think I was like maybe 13 or 14. 
And as she started to kind of spiral downward, you know, after Hannah Montana ended and, you know, the way that things started to go and it was like watching, it was like watching her entire life implode, you know, and I remember sitting there just even at 16 being like, that's a lot of pressure. Like that's a lot of pressure. And you look at these child stars, even, you know, even like Lindsay Lohan and- Macaulay Culkin. Yes, you know, these kids that are, it's so much responsibility and they're Mm. expected to be able to, and I, I can't even do this. They're expected to be able to like produce you know, content or whatever it is, a product, mm. just like one thing after another, after another, after another. And I, I find myself sitting down and being like, oh, I have to do three things in a row. Like that's a, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. We expect those kids to do it. And so watching them, you know, you mm. look at, and it's, it's harder as an adult to try to explain it to, to them because they don't have the that reasoning yeah yeah they don't have you know the the hindsight that i feel like as you get older you have so though you know you look at these kids and some of them have you know not not any of ours but like you know some some kids that i've come into contact with have you know totally been like i have 1.7 million followers on tiktok and i'm like cool you know like yeah and then i watch them sort of fall apart you know who am i and if i you know if i don't do this nobody will like me and yeah it's it turns it's, into just the desperation of trying to meet a need that they can't meet. Yeah, that that's it. And I think like it, it's that it's that gratification because it feels good when you get likes or if you post something and it blows up and and all of that. And I think that I mean I I don't pay attention to that at all. Like me as a person, like you know likes or follows or anything like that. It's not why. It's not what my motivation is. For, for the content that I do. If, if I, if I get followers, if I, I get followers, if I get likes, I get likes. And you know, I, I'm grateful for the audience that I've built up and the connections I've made. And you know, it's like what you give out, you get back. But right. if your main motivation is just to get likes and, and to feel good about, you know, to getting famous or known, Right. there's a double-edged sword to it because you know it's, it's your self-esteem and if you don't get that hit then you're like oh i'm not good anymore um right. so, so kids kids need to be careful don't they in that area of things and it's like you know mentioned miley cyrus she i think she, she was like no older than 10 years old i think and she was singing with yeah. her family and yeah. I think some some people who get massive success straight away and all that money and fame straight away, like you have everything all sorted out and life, it's like, you know, a build up, you know, you, you do things to build up to getting that, attaining that. And it's like, when you have that all straight away and everyone knows who you are, mm-hmm. it's a lot to kind of take in. And I think it's, I mean, Miley Cyrus, I think she's okay now, but like she still has to have like regular therapy and stuff. Like she was on Joe Rogan and she talked about it. Yeah. It, it's, it goes back to just basic, you know, basic psychology where you've got, you know, Maslow's um, era. Yeah. And self esteem, even though it's the fourth level, it's, you know, the need for respect and for like, like, I don't want to say reputation, but I feel like it's reputation, like the need for respect and like for to have like a good reputation or the kind of reputation that you want is so important in kids. And it precedes real self-esteem and like dignity 
in adulthood. So you, you look to the people around you to provide you with the correct response, um, to guide you in a way that provides you really with real self-esteem as you get older. You know, and so when you have a situation like with, with Miley Cyrus, where it was like her parents told her that her dignity and her self-respect came from providing quite literally content. And I, I assume that that's not what they intended to do. So I don't think any parent is for the most part intentionally doing these things, unless you're, you know, completely evil and that happens, you know, but you know, you're, you're, you know, that's what they're providing. And so you put into the, these kids' heads really young you know, your reputation and your respect comes from being able to provide something to someone else, which then starts to break down just at the second level of safety, you know, safety needs. You know, you, you no longer have the ability to have emotional security because it's toxic. You, you've created an idea in your head that any relationship you have is based on what you can provide to someone else. And so that breaks down your emotional security and then you don't have any way of relating to anybody else other than to just understand that everything that's happening is toxic and it doesn't matter what you do because you're all messed up now. <laughs> you know, and it, it starts really, really early, you know, from the very beginning. And it's, it's really important that we're mindful of that. You know, it's even just me being in a staff position, you know, where I'm just looking after these kids for a short period of time, I have to be mindful of the things I'm putting in their heads because it matters. And especially it matters now, you know, the teenage years are the most, for lack of a better term, hormonal time in your life where your brain does not know what's going on. You know, you're experiencing such intense ups and downs and planting something as simple as, you know, that shirt or that color doesn't look good on you can completely change the way that they live the rest of their lives. You know, it's, and that's a small example, but I can't imagine, you know, a parent saying, you know, you're worthless to their kid at that age, because that, that would set you up for failure for a good long time. Mm. Yeah, no, that's definitely key what you mentioned, and I agree, and I think it's so important, you know, especially in the role that you play as well, and the things that you say to these people, because, you know, like you could say something so simple, but have such a dramatic effect on them and their self-esteem and how they perceive themselves to be. And right. and then that can domino to probably, you know, the relationships that they have because they're thinking that they're a certain way based on something they've been told. And then they, they then attract certain kinds of people in certain situations into their life because they, they have these set of irrational beliefs, which aren't, you know, reality. Right. And it shows you, like you said, you know, from an early age, you know, the, you mentioned like Miley Cyrus and that kind of thing and how it can kind of distort, you know, the way that you think because you feel like you have to provide, you know, and then go into, you know, attract some people in, in relationships. And that's, I think that's one of the key things as well, you know, as a young person, because like how you grow up and the things, you know, modeling your parents and, and how you see things in the environment all has like a compound effect on how you are, isn't it? And the relationships that you're going to have. Yeah. So, you know, like you said, it's really important that people, you know, bring up their kids in the right way or provide, you know, services for their kids where they can grow. And because ultimately like, 
you have like a set responsibility in their life in, in your role and right. how they're you know going to probably apply for a job or have a relationship etc mm -hmm. yeah they you know they have they have ideas you know and, and it's mm. a good thing you know the, the kids that we have they have new ideas that we haven't thought of before you know they you know they'll come up to me sometimes and they'll you know well what if we just did it this way and sometimes I'll look at them and be like, that's so smart. <laughs> I didn't even think of that, you know, because they have these ideas. And so they, they want to be heard and listened to. And I think the, the level of responsibility is really the key in it. You know, that the level that we expect them to be responsible has to be proportional to the level they're at. You know, it can't, we can't expect them, you know, I don't expect our kids to do more than their chores sometimes and it really it's not dependent on their age all the time it's dependent on where they're at too you know so we have some kids that are you know 16 17 and they'll take you know they'll take the trash out and then they'll have a hard time following a basic rule later and it's it's important that I sit there and, and, and look at that and, and that I'm aware that you know that there's some some things shift during that time frame you know within 30 minutes it really could be, you know, the fact that they took out the trash and they were ready to follow basic rules and then go above and beyond. And then they had a, a terrible phone call with a parent that will set them off and it'll create a problem. And then their level of responsibility drops. They're not capable right now of being responsible because they're too wrapped up in something else, you know? And, and I think that, you know, coming from, you know, my, my parents are, gen i think it's xers gen xers and so they you know their level of understanding and the way that they expect things is different you know and that's not a bad thing it's just a different thing you know they expect different they never asked for help you know gen xers that's a key part of who they are they they didn't ask for help they just did it themselves you know and then they figured it out through trial and error and they didn't ask for help and then you know millennials came along and and we you know we started getting you know and i i can't speak for this because I never really got any of these, but you know, we got participation trophies. And, and so Gen Xers saw that and they were like, oh, you guys are so soft. And half the time we were like, we didn't really care about the participation trophies. It was like, we just liked the fact that they were, they cared that we were involved. You know, so then it dropped down into Gen, Gen Zers and, and, you know, the kids underneath us where they, they feel, they still feel that need to be involved. But the level of responsibility that we seem to have let happen has become disproportionate to where they're at. You know, they can't, sometimes they just can't handle more than getting out of bed on time. And that's okay. You know, we're all in that position and it's up to us to also meet them halfway and say, you know, you're communicating to me that you need some assistance. So let's talk about this and let's make a change for the rest of tonight. And then we'll talk about We'll talk about it tomorrow if you want to, you know, it's, it's a constant, you have to constantly be reassessing. You can't just, mm. you can't just make a list and go, all right, it's going to work every time. <laughs> it doesn't, it just doesn't work in real life, you know? Yeah. No, I see. And I, I think, I think they were, they're really key points you mentioned. And I think like, it's really important that people look at, you know, Gen X and millennials and Gen Z and, once you start looking at them, you then can understand the person a bit more of where they're kind of coming from. Right. And I think like, I've definitely noticed that like, uh, 
you know, like I'm a millennial, you're a millennial, and I, I sometimes connect with a lot of other millennial people, and you just kind of gravitate sometimes to that kind of tribe of people just because you are millennial, even though you know you're probably different parts of the world or you don't know the person. You're just in that kind of same band where you might think very alike. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. No, I, I I think that it just, it, it's interesting that you say it too, is that like millennials, I feel like are really willing to talk to anybody. Like I get along really well with Gen Xers. Um, I have the same kind of sarcastic sense of humor and like sometimes it's real deadpan and sometimes, you know, I'll say something like that to the kids at work and they'll stare at me like, are you serious? And I'm like, no, <laughs> of course I'm not. You have to be so careful with the sarcasm, but like, you know, I get along really well with Gen Xers. And I, I think that our, our society sometimes gets hung up on the idea that we're all the same and we're not. And I, that's okay. You know, I think that we try to solve the problem of diversity by saying, well, we're all the same. And that's not how you solve that. You know, there's no problem in diversity. There's, there's beauty in that. And so if you try to say, oh, we're all the same, you've taken away things that have, that make different people unique. You know, every single person is unique, but then you have, you know, groups inside of that. You know, people that live in New York, you know, will swear by Dunkin' Donuts coffee, like to the point, you know, they'll never ever come to Starbucks and they won't do it. You know, it'll be a way bigger deal. But like, you know, people in California will swear by In-N-Out, you know, In-N-Out's the best burger in the whole world. And then you have people from, you know, Southern parts and there's, there's differences and there's good things in the differences and I think because we hyper focus sometimes on our differences we only see them as negatives instead of seeing them as positives you know I have weaknesses as a person you know there are some things that I just can't deal with you know because we all have limits and we all have certain things to just set us off and then sometimes I just have things I'm not good at you know I'm not good at geometry suck at geometry there's people in the world that are really great at geometry and thank God they are because otherwise we wouldn't have buildings and I like buildings. <laughs> so, you know, there's, there's differences. And I think that if we look at them from that perspective of they're different, but they're not bad, it's, it's it tends to solve a lot more problems than we think. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a really great point. And, you know, like having, those differences is okay and that's normal and you know everyone's got their own perspective and everyone's got their own culture right. and like you mentioned like in new york like a lot of people like dunkin donuts and the coffee and stuff like that we me and my friends went to dunkin donuts and we got some donuts and they were like dry cardboard and i was like <laughs> i was like what's this all about yeah. i mean I apologize if people are listening and they really like dunkin donuts <laughs> but the ones i had that particular time were like cardboard and they were dry but um but yeah, that's it. And people all have their own kill. Everyone has their own perspective. And I think when you res respect people's perspectives and things like that, there's a lot less problems and a lot, a lot less conflicts because it's like, um, yeah, like, you know, the difference between Starbucks and probably um, another coffee brand. You know, if you like Starbucks, you like Starbucks, that's fine. You know, like... That, that's cool. I mean, we have a lot of rivalry in England over like football teams, mm -hmm. like soccer teams. And, you know, 
I mean, that's a whole other rabbit hole, but you see that with sports, you see that with sports and, and, uh, teams. And it's like, well, you know, you've got your team that you like your perspective. That's fine. And I think it's so important that we, we come to, we can kind of go to that place where you just respect someone else's opinion and who they are because they're, you know, that, that's just how they are. And, and, and we, like you said, we have to take responsibility for ourselves and look at ourselves and our weaknesses and address them because, you know, we're human and, you know, it's okay to have weaknesses, isn't it? Like, it's okay, you know, if you, we're not robots. Really? I suppose you have to probably address that in your work with people and, you know, say, you know, it's okay. It's okay to have X, Y, Z or whatever, you know, uh, and sometimes, you know, people, sometimes we can probably label ourselves um, as, a, as a person, sometimes based on that, but they don't really define you as a person, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I tell the kids this all the time, you know, whatever floats your boat, as long as it doesn't sink mine. You know, that's the biggest thing that I try to at least, you know, pass on. And I pass that on to everybody I can. I don't know who told it to me, but kudos to them because it's one of those things that stuck with me. You know, it's, I, I don't care what you're doing on your boat. Just don't shoot at mine. <laughs> you know, if you, if you want to drink Dunkin' Donuts coffee and have terrible donuts, go for it. Like I, you know, and I'm a hundred percent with you, Dunkin' Donuts donuts are terrible. Am I still going to eat them? Absolutely. Because they're still donuts, but you know, on, on the scale of, of good, you know, good donuts, but yeah, you know, exactly. It's, it's, it's the idea of, you know, if you want to have those donuts, there are people in the world that want to do different things. To you, and that's, that's a good thing. If you do, yeah. if you don't do it and everybody did what you did, then we wouldn't have all the other things that came from the differences of other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a simple walkthrough that sometimes I think people get stuck on. Mm. That's it. And I, I mean, I've got a friend who likes Krispy Kremes. He likes Krispy Kremes. And it's like, it's, you know, it's it's okay. You know, like, it, you know, it's okay. If that's what you like, then that's what you like. And I think, you know, we live in a world where people are so easy to put things on social media. And, you know, I'm not knocking social media at all because I love it and I use it. But it's how you use it. And... If somebody puts something on there that they like, then that's that's fine. But I think you know, you have to be very mindful, as you said, of what you say, how you say it, because there's always a domino effect from you saying something, and it's your reputation as well. You know, because you can put your neck on the line, and you know it can have consequences. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I thank my my mom for you know putting the fear of God in me that, you know, like I, we know growing up, I didn't, I didn't have a cell phone until I was 16. That was the first mm. time I had a cell phone. I joined MySpace. That's, I aged myself. I remember I that MySpace. MySpace. Yeah. At 15. And I did it like against my parents' will. And, you know, it turned into this way bigger deal it needed to be, but I, I ended up getting a Facebook for like the first time when I was about 16, 16 and a half. And my mom, you know, was just like, sat me down and was like, listen, anything you put on the internet is on there forever. And like, you know, me being me, I was like, what do you mean it's on there? Like forever? Like I can't delete it. And she was like, no, it goes to, you know, it was like, you know, fear mongering a little bit, but it was, you know, it goes to a warehouse and it stays there forever. And I was just kind of like, 
I don't, I didn't realize that the, the internet cared so much about me liking Rihanna's new album, but I mean, okay, yeah. you know, it was like that, you know, but it, it kept me from making a lot of, I feel like mistakes that I, I saw a lot of my friends make, you know, where it was mm. like, posted something you shouldn't have posted or posted, you know, just ran your mouth and didn't think about what you were saying, you know, and how it had a long-term effect, you know, and so it kept me from, from really, but at the same time, it also kept me from saying the things that needed to be said. You know, it mm. kept me from saying, you know, we shouldn't be doing, you know, we, we should plant more trees, you know, not that that would really change, <laughs> but, you know, yeah. but it kept me from, from saying the things that I should have said as well. So I think, like, like I said, I feel like it's just all of life is a balancing act, you know, where, yeah. you know, there's two extremes and you got to f- figure out where the middle is and try to walk it, you know, so that's kind of the only thing you can do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I think it's definitely a balancing act. It's definitely all about balance and recognizing that, but that balance as well. Mm. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely important. That's a really great point. And I think that's that's something that, you know, we're kind of learning, I think, as we go through life, that kind of balance with things. Um, you know, how, how much are you doing something, you know, how the activities you engage in, the things you eat, there's, there's like a whole massive spider web of it. Mm. You know, it's that find that balance, you know, happiness and, and all of that as well. Um, I'm just thinking about something I was going to say. Yeah, you mentioned like the internet. I, I was thinking, I, I had something on my Facebook memories pop up and it was like nine years ago, you posted this. Yeah. And, I, and I looked at it and I was like, I said that? I was like, <laughs> I was like, why did I say that? Like, it was something about... I think I said something like nine years ago about, oh, teenage, there's just so many teenage girls getting pregnant or something like that. <laughs> it was just like, like a, like a, like a rant. I was like, what was I doing? Yeah. And like you said, it's quite scary how the internet is because it's like, yeah, you put content out there. It does kind of stay there unless, unless you do take it off. But then there was, I'm not, you know, specialized, but the, the surely it is still kind of there, like an imprint of it there. But, I think like, you know, with the internet, as you, as you know, it's that balance, you know, it's a balance with the internet and what you use it for, isn't it? Because I suppose with your work, you can connect and Zoom people and touch base with people and there are benefits to it. Right. And and we do. I mean, it's been really, really helpful, um, like as of right now for, for the safety of really the staff, which we've really, really appreciated. Having, you know, Zoom available means that we don't have to send the kids out to, you know, therapy sessions and, and everybody's much mm. more willing to get on Zoom and have mm. a, like a conference with the kids so that we don't have to expose ourselves and them and then the rest of everybody else and, and, and you know, the, the domino effect of, you know, I've exposed this and then yeah. you know, and, and being able to sit down on a Zoom call means, you know, you can connect with that person, but still say, stay safe, mm. you know, and that's been super, it's also been really helpful too. So I feel like it, it cuts down on, you know, for lack of a better term, travel time. Um, yeah. Yeah. Means that now, you know, you can schedule back-to-back zoom calls and you can fit more people in, you know, cause you're not driving all over the place. You know, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I think that, that's, that's definitely a great side to it. And I, I think, it's kind of the way forward now, isn't it as well? Like I think there will still be officers, but I think they'll just do it probably touch base every so often or something like that or for training or something every so often. Yeah. Uh, 
but I, I like yeah I, I agree with you i think zoom's great i use it you know to do this so <laughs> it's it, it works and yeah. yeah no it's definitely great and um i was thinking as well like do you have any favorite books or anything that you like to read or oh man i or that you've read I, I was so so terrible last year i like set a goal for myself i'm gonna read this many books and i read like yeah. one, so that went well um i'm a big fiction reader i like reading yeah. fiction mainly because i like i like i like the idea of anecdotes and i like the idea of i can't like i can't, I can't remember what those were called but like aesop's fables was the kind of like, aesop's fables yeah but i can't remember what it was called it's like a type of book it was you know they try to teach you lessons sort of within them and i find that a lot of times, fables yeah i think they're literally called fables, aren't they like that's poems fables yeah, something like that right it's probably just fables and in my head it's <laughs> way more complicated. yeah uh, but i i like reading fiction because i sometimes you know i'll spin on a problem you know whether it's a kid or something personal or just in general like what am i gonna do with my life i'm almost 30 mm. my life's over because mm. <laughs> i'm you know a drama queen but yeah. you, know, it's, you know i look at these i'll read these stories and sometimes i'll sit there and i'll be like oh that's the answer to the the problem that i have you know insert yourself into the story yeah. i read a lot of fiction um it's good I, I can't really remember the last like fiction book I read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So long ago. Yeah. Um, but I have been re I just finished reading um The Law of Ambition by Lewis Lewis Garcia. Yeah, Lewis Garcia. Mm. Fantastic book. Um mm. I'm not one to like really recommend anything, but definitely good, good book. Uh does not mess around. I mean, if you mm. if you wanna like if you wanna look to change things and you wanna get a like, kick in the kicking the ass yeah <laughs> I, I put it down and i was like oh no i need to change everything i need to do it right now <laughs> like there's yeah. no you know definitely encouraging but also very call you out type deal um and then i started reading i think it was the four hour work week by tim ferris that was another really good one um i got about halfway through and then i had to put it down because i was on a night shift so i had to go yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was another really good one um haven't really i feel like there was another one that i read that was really good that i just completely forgot about. Uh, and I, I i do try to read uh, mm. as much as i can i set like a really ambitious goal of like 180 books i'm gonna totally read this year yeah <laughs> two in, so yeah yeah <laughs> no, that's awesome i mean it's still better than none at the end of the day and it's something that you know i'm learning to do more as well you know read when i can and just find that time for it, even if it's a few pages at night. But then sometimes I start off on a page and then, you know, like you get hooked into it and then you're like, oh, I need to go to bed now. Um, yeah. But but those books sound really great. That Lewis Garcia, I, I think I think he did a book with the Four Agreements. He might have done a book I read with the Four Agreements, I think. Um, but the Four Hour Work Weeks meant to be good as well. Because mm -hmm. I, I, I've got really it, but good. I... I've not read it yet though. Yeah, I got, I think I got to like the third part and then I, I have this thing where if I, if it takes too long for me to read, I'll get antsy and then I'll start to apply, but then only be able to half apply because yeah. I read the rest of it. I'm that person that like starts, you know, they'll say like, read all these instructions before you do it. And I'm like already setting up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm yeah. 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 Y
it's me. <laughs> but, you know, it's, I, I started reading it and I, I started to apply it. And that was when I actually worked for um, like an, an office. Uh, that was when I worked for my, the company prior to. So I were, you know, my our yeah. company that I worked for prior, you know, we, we had like a, you know, like I literally got to the point where I was like, this is so helpful. Like I'm getting way more done, you know? So it really mm. does, it does work <laughs> for what mm. I actually got to apply, but I yeah, two really good ones. That's, that's great. And I think like sometimes as well, like you might read so far into book and you can kind of already see where it's going or you've already take what you need to take from it. And then you go, okay, that's cool. Right. Which is also great. You yeah know, you can learn you can learn every you can learn something from everything right yeah even if you don't yeah. want to <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <Still can't>. that, <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's that's it i i agree i think that's a really great point you know it's always a lesson to learn you know from people or from books or you know from experiences there's there's always silver lining to it and um I think as well, like, do you have any like role, role models or like mentors you look up to, you know, now or growing up, whether that's like professionally, personally, friends, family? I think when I was younger, um, I think I like looked at my parents like they were like, like, in, like they could do no wrong, you know, and then as I got older, obviously, I think that happens with every kid, though, you look at your parents mm. like, you know, they're perfect and They've never, mm. they've never done anything wrong in their lives ever. And they're totally not winging the whole parenting thing. They have, they totally. <laughs> um, and then I think as you get older, you, you know, you hit that let down, you know, where you're yeah, like, oh, yeah. oh no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, know? you hit the let down. And, yeah. And I, I think I still, I think I hit that let down pretty hard, you know, and I was just like, yeah. Oh, they yeah. really, you know, they suck, you know? Yeah. <laughs> because they're people. Like, yeah. You know, and then I, I came obviously back around when, and I, I definitely look up to my parents a lot. I think they made an, an absolutely incredible life from a terrible situation. Mm. Um, my dad moved around a lot. My mom had, mm. you know, a, a rough, they both had rough family lives. And mm. they really mm. created one of the most encouraging and growth fostering environments that I grew up in it was just so nice um, I think that I would have ended up in a way worse place mm. um, than I, I think I did if they had you know been completely different than how they were um for now I mean really my my role models they change um kind of just depending on who and, and where I'm going mm. um I have Oh, I, lots of things that I, you know, everybody has a bucket list, you know, not everybody calls it a bucket list, but everybody does. And I have some like business goals in my head that I want to do, you know, like working at the job I work out is great. It's a nonprofit. So we make, you know, nothing. So anything that I can kind of do on the side is always really great. So I'm always yeah. looking for something that can make me something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I look up to a lot of people like I'm, I've, finished the first first draft excuse me of a novel that i've i've been working on for forever wow that's pretty cool so i definitely look up to people that have actually finished novels so yeah um, one of my college friends um has a friend who wrote a book so definitely look up to a person like that she's published um she's a great book on top of that um and I have a friend who I, I've talked to you about her before. Her Kelsey yeah. Henry. She's under, uh, I believe her, everything is under the 
positively delighted. Um, she's written two books. Um, I read the first one, I think it was Road Schooling. She wrote a book about her whole life of just being on the road and learning school and like growing up literally in an RV on the road. Um, It was hilarious, made me laugh. And I was like, I was in part of it. Like I'm not in the book, but like I lived through like sections of it. Like she goes through a chapter of like a story about a guy that she was like dating at the time. And, Mm. you know, I was like, I know that guy. I was there for that. Super cool. A little biased. But yeah. definitely, I think I definitely look up to her. She's the kind of person that, you know, go-getters and she's a go-getter mm. for sure. She's the kind of person that like, she's always doing something, you know, she just can't, not that she can't sit still. She just doesn't want it. You know, she's mm. not interested in wasting time. Um, I definitely look up to people that I, not just people that are doing the things that I want to do, but people that are being the way I want to be while doing those things. Mm. So it's not, it's really important to, to also make sure that the role models that I'm putting in my life for the people that I want to be. Um, mm. If I put these people on a pedestal, I'm going to start to, to emanate them. I'm going to start to copy them. And so yeah. you know, I'm looking at a person where I'm like, Oh, I loved where you are, but I don't love how you got there. If I'm looking mm. at it and it's the only role model I have and I'm setting myself up for failure. So um, mm. lots of YouTubers love um, Claire Siobhan is one of them. Um, she does Sim stuff. <laughs> yeah that's pretty cool but i love the sims yeah something i'm uh, you know that i do lots of i have a friend named uh nick i think it's nick brown if i'm not mistaken he lives up in alaska um, wow amazing place stuff yeah it's a gorgeous area um he does lots of photos and photography stuff and he was just recently in the magazines people like that um I think Natalie Ellis, she's, uh, I believe, a co-founder, like CEO, one part of, C- I think, CEO. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard of her, but yeah, 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 yeah. she's got lots of really great material and content. Love, yeah. love the person she is, love the way she's made her life. Uh, Natalie Bacon, another one, obviously, Luis Garcia. So I have lots of people there. Some, some of them are my friends. I try to at least keep people that are close to me. Um, mm. that I can emanate and sort of copy just because keeping keeping those people around me is really important um, mm. because, you know, we're surrounded by lots of, lots of things, yeah. <laughs> lots of news and lots of bad news and yeah. know, lots of gossip and Hollywood drama and, you know, mm. keeping people that can keep their, their, their eyes focused on the goal of what they want to mm. do and you know, to just do it is so such a foreign concept to me. You know, I'm always the person that's like, I have to plan and then plan my plan and then plan my plans. <laughs> I need three lists. Yeah. Know, it takes six hours to pick out an outfit. But, you know, yeah. like having, having friends that are just like, I want to make a video. And then they just like whip out a camera and make Just one. do it. Like, Whoa. <laughs> yeah. So I love those people. So lots of those people, I think I, I like to, and it changes, you know, sometimes mm. I run into other people where I'm like, oh, I love what you're doing, you know, yeah. I totally want to copy your, you know, what mm. you're doing and like your you know, business plan. Give it to me. I want to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. And I think, as you mentioned, it is so important to have, you know, the right role models, the right mentors, and, you know, you can have more than one and it's okay to change them. And, you know, it's okay for it to be your family, your parents, your friends, whoever. I think as long as, like you said, you can draw from them and kind of model them and take bits and apply it to your life. That's kind of what it's about, isn't it? I think it's so important to be able to do that. 
Yeah. And I think as you as you go through life, yeah. Yeah, it's it's important. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. It's, no, no, no. It's, it's in, you just made a really good point. Is that it's important that people know it's okay to change your mind. You're allowed to change your mind. It's something yeah. that I, like I tell the kids all the time. Where it's just like I bang my head. I mean, not that I ever listen to that, but you know, it's 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 great to be able to say, ah, you know what? You know, change. I saw this thing a while back where they were saying, you know, people people will say, you know, when you change your mind, that you're a hypocrite. But the hardest part about that is that you're changing your mind based on new information that you were given. So that person is no longer a hypocrite. They're intentionally changing to be someone else. Mm. You know, and it's, I just thought it was super powerful because it's, you know, we're so quick to judge somebody that, you know, goes from being, you know, one thing to being something completely different. And we're like, oh, they're just doing it, you know, for the, the attention or for the likes or for whatever, when really they may have just stumbled onto new information and gone, oh, I don't like that. I'm going to change who I am. You know, and it's judgmental out there. But anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to. Yeah, no, no, no. I think that's a good. Yeah, yeah. No, I think you've made a great point as well. And I think people, you know, sometimes tunnel visioned, and sometimes people like you know have their opinion and think, oh, why are they doing that? And it's like, well, people change, people shift, people grow, and you know, we're not the same people that we were a couple of weeks ago. We're not the same people that we were, you know, a year ago, and it's okay to change your mind on things and shift. And I don't think, you know, I don't, I don't think we're designed to stay in one place or to follow one suit. I think, you know, we are constantly evolving and changing over time. So to change your mind and to be able to address something and, and to trust your instincts, trust, you know, trusting your instincts as well and going, this doesn't feel right. I'm going to do X, Y, Z now and not caring about, you know, not not worrying about what other people think about it, and being being able to make those decisions, especially if you're a business person or something like that. You know, you have to make decisions. You know, you look at Gary Vee and some of the things he does. You know, changes mind all the time. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, it's that flexibility as a person and being dynamic, isn't it? And changing things around. And, and like you said, it isn't easy. You know, sometimes to do that. But I suppose the more you do it, you just get you get it becomes easier. And it, like I said, with your role models, it's good to be around those people. That's what, <laughs> it's, 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 what, it's good to be around those people so you can kind of draw from that. Yeah. Now, I, I'm a huge proponent of being able to, to do something, just to go ahead and do it. However, I, I am all talk and very little action. I have such severe anxiety with doing things and it just freaks yeah. me out sometimes i overthink it and i get stuck yeah in my head. people that can just be like let's just do it and i'm like <laughs> take me with you like, yeah I'll go. Just take me yeah with you, you know yeah i Ugh. i can definitely relate to that i mean my i mean my, my ex-girlfriend like she travels a lot and a bit, a bit different now with the situation but you know right. before this i traveled a lot and I remember, like, she just spontaneously was like, oh, let's go to France. And I was like, what? Like, what do you mean? Yeah, and, and like, yeah. for me, I don't always travel. So I, I have traveled a few places, but I was like, you know, okay. But I had that anxiety. You know, I, I thought right. I was thinking about all the what ifs and I'm going to have enough money or what's going to happen. And it's like once you kind of jump over that hurdle, you're like, oh, it's not so bad. You know, right. but, but like you said, there's a lot of things that we encounter where we're, we, we kind of overthink it sometimes. 
I mean, I did before I started posting content, you know, on, on Instagram and doing videos and talking about stuff. I would think it like a thousand times or I'd record it and then delete it. And sometimes that, yeah, yeah. And sometimes that, that even, yeah, that happens now sometimes. And that that's okay. Like, because I think, you know, just the more you do it, it just becomes easier. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's like anything. It's like me doing this. Um, right. You know, the first, I didn't do this for two or three years. I thought about doing a podcast two or three years. I didn't do it because I was worried about what people are going to think. But then, right. you know, after the first 60, you're like, oh, it's not so bad now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I've been working on it. And it's something that I sort of took, you know, 2020 was a dumpster fire all around. But I kind of yeah. at the very end was like, I have to salvage this somehow. You know, mm. if I can learn even just to to do things before I start thinking about them is maybe, you know, obviously that falls within parameters. Like, don't be like, yeah, the street like that's not, you know, <laughs> yeah. not, not, not that far, you know. But, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I started to kind of like actually reach out and do things like I, yeah. I, I, I do lots of I'm, I've been a Sims player since the early 2000s and it's just something that i love it's just a game that i love it's really yeah i remember the original one on ps2 the, re- I, I yeah, the, the first oh, one yeah. the first one the PS2. that was that's the first one i had and then i had bust busting out and then herbs in the city and oh, then and then uh sims 2 i think it was yeah I love that you threw herbs out there. I completely forgot herbs existed. Like that's yeah. how deep like I've pushed that so far. Yeah. <laughs> horrible. Get out of here. Yeah. But I, I started playing Sims 2 and it was kind of an accident. You know, one of my neighbors, um, I was fortunate enough to grow up on a cul-de-sac. So I had like three or four friends that lived literally walking distance from me. And so we would all get together and um, her, my, my best friend, her older brother had, he was like a, oh gosh, what was he? He was like a computer engineer, so mm-hmm. smart, but he played the Sims as so we had it on this computer. And so when he was out of town, which was all the time, we'd all go over and just huddle around one PC and we'd all be like, wait, wait, it's my turn to tell my Sims. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we started playing like really young and, and I've always loved it. And I've always been like, I should do Sims content. Like I should upload it on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know? And so I started kind of being like, I should just take baby steps. You know, we're not, you know, at a point yet where I'm like, mm. I'm comfortable enough to like post things. But I, I found this group on Facebook, it's like Sims community group on Facebook. And it was like the best thing I ever did was just hit. Cause it was a private group. And I got nervous because I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to reject me. Like, I'm not cool enough. You know, like you still, I'm, I'm like 28 years old and still in my head. I'm like, I'm not cool enough to be part of a Facebook group. You know, it doesn't go away when you get older. Um, but I, you know, I, I just try, I just did it anyway. I was like, whatever, mm. I'm just going to try. Like, I'm going to see how it goes. And they accepted me pretty quickly. And they were like, you know, short short time later they were like welcome all of our new members and there was like 80 people and i was like i am so glad i just like pushed the button and was like yeah go for it you know it doesn't matter yeah i've been trying to do that more often and i i'm getting lots of rejections but that's okay yeah we're still doing it you know yeah so it's forward and i have to i have to i have to do the same things that i'm telling the kids you know i tell them forwards forward Mm. 
Mm. I also have to do forwards forward. Otherwise, yeah, I can't. I can't go into work and tell them that if I'm not doing it myself. It's just that's yeah, not, that's not how it works. You know, that's they're it. gonna believe me. You know, if I can't prove it, they're gonna be like, yeah, okay, old lady, you're full of it. You know, so yeah. That's it. I mean, it's, you've got to walk your talk, haven't you? You know, kind of practice what you preach. If you're telling other people to do it, then you know, you know, need to put that right. thing in as well. And I think it's, like, it's just like you said, it's good that you took that first step as well, because I think that's what it's about. And then sometimes taking that first step to join a group or do something or be a part of something is like the hardest step. And I felt like that when I joined groups sometimes, you know, like, some, you know, just beginning, you're like, am I good enough to join this group? Should I join this? And um, especially like, it's like when you start a new job and you you know it's a bit like that kind of feeling in it and yeah no but I think I always say to people you know whatever your passion is or whatever the, you know whatever you like there's going to be someone out there other people out there who, who like it as well and you can vibe with them whether that's playing sims or you know like a sims group or from joining like a networking group or podcast you know whatever it is yeah um, yeah there are platforms out there where you can meet people and you might you know meet new friends you just don't know yeah and and that's what it turned into it's just like i you know i'll go on facebook sometimes and i'll be like oh my god there's another notification that i can yeah. answer because i spent way too much time playing the same <laughs> and so it's like you know people ask the question i'm like oh my god i could totally answer that i had that problem yesterday you know yeah like, i answer it and i i kind of half expected because sometimes i'll join groups and i'll just be quiet you know it's like oh, okay i joined and i don't want to make anyone mad like i'll just blend yeah. into the background you know? so like, i'm just gonna post what, whatever you know whatever and yeah. I kept posting and like now I have like four or five like internet friends. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm friends. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird to me, like that it all it, it all really does work out, you know. And mm. so I, I, you know, you say it all the time. You know, you tell people that you know it'll totally work out. Don't worry about it. But yeah. I never, at least not for me. Like I'm the kind of person that I can give great advice, but like to myself as a whole like i'm full of like i know how much shit i'm full of like i know yeah. like take advantage from myself like you couldn't yeah. even, you know you forgot how to spell family yesterday yeah right you know like, yeah that kind of thing. yeah but I, I know i'm full of it so it's i think it's i think we all yeah i think we all have that as people you know we all you know it's a lot harder to sometimes address things for ourselves or to, to do something for ourselves you know when we tell other people to do it you know i think it, it's a lot you know harder for say tell other people to set goals and then when we have our own goals you know because we're still kind of learning about ourselves as well but i think it's all a process isn't it and you just have to go easy on yourself sometimes and take one step at a time really sometimes because i've got i put a lot of my goals or tasks i need to do on a bit of paper and then i've got quite a lot and I then put them onto post-it notes and broke it down. And then I've got like 10 post-it notes around my computer screen now. So I'm like, <laughs> just, you know, I'm still, you know, it's, it's all a process. And I think as long as you're just patient yourself, you know, like you said, it's, it's patience and it's a process. Yeah. But um, I was thinking as well, like where, where can people find you on social media, that kind of thing? on i'm way more active on instagram than anywhere else yeah um i have my my handle is the vampire slater uh, yeah my previous last name it actually came from a, a middle school bully 
called me the vampire slater all the time and it wasn't until i graduated middle school and moved into high school that i went oh my gosh she's calling me like like late like Leia the vampire slater like hello like he's yeah doing, he's, he's doing a bit and i was like oh duh so it that's where it came from but i i actually i actually find it fascinating this is what my maiden name is slater so you can find me there yeah. um i have some stuff on youtube not anything sims related i like to do gopro videos for the time being i live in Jackson, yeah, yeah. A beautiful area I like to go out and take videos and sometimes i post them sometimes i forget yeah um, but you know <laughs> this i think my link to that i don't have like a like a url or anything it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. and instagram but that's the two probably the two of the most active places yeah, yeah. that's that, winging it <laughs> yeah <laughs> no that's cool and i you know i think you have a great profile and like you know the the pictures you post are amazing like um i love i know you're welcome and i i love trees i love trees i love that scenery mm. uh, there's just something about it it's so grounding oh, yeah. so I, I i you know i like i like the first some of the photos you've taken they're amazing um but yeah no no you're welcome and I'll, I'll share your, you know, your link in the in the bio for this, and it's it's been, you know, it's been really great connecting again and having you on the podcast and you know talking about you know the things that we talked about and you know I wish you all the best and everything that you're doing. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I felt very inferior on the list of all the people you had. I was like, wow, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> don't 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 be silly at all. Like, no, it's. <laughs> I, I don't I don't kind of like everyone's I think everyone's got their own story and something to say and something to share you know regardless of what someone's the title is you know or what or what they've done you know is everyone's gonna have got a gem you know gems to share you know to contribute but no I really appreciate it yeah I hope I was able to provide something if, if yeah. not anything I hope I made someone laugh yeah, yeah, that's it. yeah, 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 that's it. But no, um, I wish you, you know, I wish you all the best in your day and you know, everything that you're doing. It's really, really, uh, it's really humbling, you know, to oh. Yeah, no, sorry about that, Liam. My, my phone ended up dying, so um <laughs> back. But uh but uh but yeah, no, it's it's been really great having you on the podcast and yeah. um you know, I'll, I'll put your details in the description and I'll stay in touch and I'll you know wish you all the best and, and we do. Yeah. Thanks so much, I appreciate it.
No, no, you're welcome. But yeah, have a great day. You too. Hi, I just thought I'd uh, make this announcement that I'm looking for someone to sponsor my podcast. If you would like to sponsor my podcast, um, please email me at thepositivitypodcast at gmail.com. And I'm also looking for, you know, people who want to advertise their content on my podcast as well also. Um, you know, we can talk more about it on a Zoom call or, you know, like a WhatsApp call or something. Um, you know, it's the kind of uh, deeper side of like, you know, how much it's going to cost and this kind of thing. But I'm looking for people, you know, who have a business or a product or a website or, you know, something that they kind of want to promote. I'm happy to promote that on my podcast and I will do a pre-roll, mid-roll, end roll. So I'll, you know, talk about what your product is and where people can find it, how much it is and, you know, deals and this kind of thing. So if you have a product or know anyone that has a product that they, you know, want to put out there and they want to gain more traction please, please, please email me at thepositivitypodcast at gmail.com. Um, even if it's an app, you know, you have an app that people are creating, um, a website, a pod, you know, or, or another podcast, uh, please get in touch and let me know and I'll be happy to uh, look into it and promote it on my show. But uh, yeah, you know where to find me at thepositivitypodcast at gmail.com. Thank you. Hi, I'd like to say a massive thank you for listening to the podcast. I really hope that you was able to take some positive value away from this episode. I'm also on YouTube at The Positivity Podcast. If you would like, share and comment or subscribe, it would really help my channel to grow. I'm also a certified and accredited life coach that helps people to live a more fulfilling life and to achieve their goals. Any questions, any feedback for my podcast, you can email me at thepositivitypodcast at gmail.com. And any inquiries for life coaching, goal setting or mentoring, please email me also at the same email address, thepositivitypodcast at gmail.com. Now, I hope you have a great day and stay tuned for more episodes. Take care.